Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode three of the Health and Wellbeing Hype, the sequel podcast by Martina Contreras. Last episode, I was joined by the Student Guild Gym to discuss all things exercise, motivation, and tips for beginners. I am so thrilled to announce that this episode, I'm joined by Nicholas Wilkinson, who is an online fitness coach and industry expert. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. It's, uh, it's an honor to be on here. Firstly, tell me a little bit about your journey. Absolutely. So my journey in health and fitness really started very early on in my life. I, I was grateful enough that I was a very active child, played a lot of sport throughout school, particularly in primary school too. But at the same time, how the cards fell, I was always that chubby kid through high school. So it, it was quite interesting during, say, training hours when it was, you know, I played a lot of football, uh, that's soccer here in Australia for those who are asking, um, and uh, did just mainly the winter sports during a season. But outside of those training hours, I, I led a pretty sedentary life. Um, lots of video games, pretty terrible diet. So through those early years, it was quite tough because naturally when you don't look an ideal way, you, you, know, you hold a little bit more fat on you as well. You start to be maybe a bit down on yourself and you don't really notice it. I had a lot of self-confidence issues. You know, if you, if you asked me to go to the beach and take my shirt off, like that wouldn't have been happening. I'd be wearing a rashy, uh, even just, you know, changing my shirt in general. I was always sucking my stomach in and like my parents noticed that and they tried their best to help. But, you know, once again, they just kind of didn't really know too much better. And I think the, the information that was freely available out there wasn't specialized to what my situation was or wasn't very helpful at the time. And then, you know, we couldn't really follow it properly either. I got into high school and that's when I think, you know, puberty hit and things started changing a, a lot better for me. You know, I started being a lot more active. I, I participated in schoolboy rowing, uh, which was my sport. And that just seemed to take a lot of the fat and build a lot of muscle onto me pretty early on. And I stepped into a gym maybe 13 years ago, like I'm, I'm 26 now. So I was 13 years old when I first, you know, started going to the gym just once, twice a week oh. uh, and just sort of learning and understanding what the process was there, how to train. And that was all specific to sport. You know, it wasn't like a, I want to go to the gym and I want to lose fat. It was more like, I want to go to the gym and I want to be stronger so that I can do my sport better. It was uh, quite insightful to do that. And it gave me a really strong foundation to start from where, you know, making changes in my life now, 13 years later, is a lot easier from those first 13 years of training, because I know how to train effectively. I know how to train to an intensity and how to make those impacts as quick as I possibly can. Unfortunately, there probably was around 10 years of, of me wasting my time a little bit, especially out of school. You know, I feel same with a lot of people going into lockdown and not having access to health and fitness facilities, being within your home all the time. A lot of people seem to have a lot of their goals cut short. And we got into a bit of a bad routine where we just, you know, once again, that chubby kid came out and those sedentary routines came back into play. So that was quite interesting. And having to, to overcome that after, you know, what was almost 10 years of training at that point anyway, having to overcome that and get back into routine was actually very tough because, you know, everyone kind of knows once you have some momentum, once you're moving all the time, that's when it's easy to just keep moving. But if you're starting back at base level, that was very difficult to do. And I, I feel where things really shifted and changed for me because I was putting all of this effort and, and time into training, but I wasn't getting any results. You know, eventually things turned into, well, I want to look good. You know, I've never had a six pack. I've never been confident enough to wear my shirt off around people or be, you know, shirtless at the beach or the pool. And that really changed when I kind of got over my ego. 
And I decided, you know what, I need to ask for help. So I went and worked with a coach and had someone teach and educate me just on how best to train, how to follow food was probably the most important thing and how to lead a healthy lifestyle. And I worked with a couple of different coaches across my time in the past, you know, three, four years, just to really understand some of the key things, learn as much as possible from these people and what really aligns with my values and how I want to live my life. And that's kind of brought me to the man that I am here today. What a journey you've had. Um, I know so many listeners out there will be thinking, wow, that, that was me as a kid or, or that's me mm. now. Like I, I have been through that and I, I understand how scary it is. And it's really good that, you know, like you're never alone and that, you know, there's so much motivation and persistence to keep going. And even through COVID, as you said, it was a very vulnerable time for people. And mm. I mean, you must be so proud from back then to that kid that was really scared to now. How inspiring and amazing. You touched a little bit on your values as well. Can you give us a little bit of an insight into your values around health and fitness? Absolutely. So I think these values have changed a lot over time and it's been based around, say, the content that we consume, but simply what is the trend at that time too. There seems to be this really big and strong trend at the moment in, in the health and fitness industry where men seem to be on this, I, would, I wouldn't want to call it a downward spiral, but there's this whole stigma, literally me, self-righteous playlist and, and idea personality that a lot of men are following down. And it can be productive in the sense of creating that solitude that you need to go down this path and to train. But it also really spurred from very negative traumatic experiences that men don't seem to be really facing on and working themselves through instead they're trying to suppress these things down and, and you know put all their time and effort into their training which it's hard to say it's a bad thing but there is better ways that you can go around these things where you really need to not just be focusing on your own physique your own looks and you know just what's happening in your current world but also what's happening inside your head like you need to work on what that relationship is with yourself and how you look at yourself in the mirror how you eat your food if I was to really plainly put it down with what my beliefs are you know, firstly, it's, it's just that relationship with yourself. And that comes down to, are you being appreciative to yourself enough that the hard work that you've done, everything that's gotten you to the point and, and recognizing any changes that you've made? And also just, are you trusting yourself? I feel this year in general has been one of the biggest things where you start to realize that every single decision you make tends to be a promise that you've made with yourself. And if you follow through with that decision, you really need to make sure that you're holding that promise to yourself. You know, we all have that friend who you ask to hang out and then the day off, they might say, oh, I'm busy, I can't, I've, I've had this come up. How many times is it do you try with this person until you eventually stop and say, you know what, this is probably not aligned with me. You're not aligned with me if you're not going to give me the time and the value of yourself and put me as, as a priority when you've agreed to. That really reflects the same as yourself too. You need to make sure that you are putting full belief into yourself and that you are really following through with the promises and decisions that you make. So that is one of my biggest ones is around that relationship you have with yourself. And I suppose what really ties into that is around a belief. You know, if you set yourself into a plan and, and you create a process that you need to follow, or maybe you have someone else, you have a coach who, who gives you something to do, you need to trust that process and really believe that it's going to work even when your emotions are up in the air. You're not going to go into the gym, do a couple sets and do a workout and then suddenly, oh, I've got a six pack or I look the best I am. You're not going to eat one healthy meal and, and suddenly be healthy. 
But all of these things, they compound over time and you need to have a belief that doing this is going to work. If we just got everything, you know, the second that we did the work for it, then it really wouldn't be worth it in the end anyway. Like ultimately what we are trying to do is to be a better version of ourselves and to achieve that best version of ourselves. So we need to have a belief that we can get there through the process that we're doing. There's also this other movement just around inclusivity and making sure that we create an environment where everyone is able to go down this path and to better themselves. Because realistically, this isn't a this isn't a select group. We want the best for every single person in this world. And we're not a trying to cure cancer here at all it's it's as simple as well in some cases we are but it's as simple as you get out you do some hard work you challenge yourself every single day and what will happen is you, you will start creating change in your life now that's not limited to just you you don't have to be a special breed of person to be able to do this everyone is able to so you know why don't we make health and fitness and exercise as accessible as possible for everyone? Ultimately, I, I try my best with anything that I post online. I have my own clients and I, I know that that is an exclusive service, but there's value I can still provide for free online and make sure that people have as much information as possible if they do want to do this themselves. Oh, absolutely. And I feel like everything you've said it just makes so much sense, particularly around fitness really is for everybody. And if you have that mm. motivation, if you have that real love and passion, and if you tell yourself, like, I'm going to do this, like, I can't delay this, I'm going to do it. And then you get in there and you do it. Now, you mentioned a little bit about, obviously, food and, and meals and things like that. Take me through what a week of meal planning is like for you. This is a, an ever-evolving question when it comes <laughs> to me. It's very funny because if you asked me this same question six months ago, 12 months ago, and two years ago, you'd have three completely different answers. <laughs> and it's purely down to one, my values of food have changed quite significantly in what I do choose to eat, but also just simply around what my priorities are at any one time. That changes from person to person. Just remember, you need to find what works for you. Uh, and hopefully I might be able to extrapolate on that and, and give a bit more insight into what that may relate to you for as well. But I like to think it comes down to one of two choices a lot of the time, which is convenience or differentiation or flavor, I guess you'd say. For me, I tend to be someone who's very basic and I am so happy to eat the same food every single day. The important thing is I make sure I enjoy that food and I find what works for me. And I feel like I have narrowed down onto what types of food I'm eating now because the biggest thing ultimately with anyone who wants to go and make a big change in their life is you need to create changes in your life that are what you're going to actually stick to. You know, the reason people fail in any sort of health and fitness journey is, is for two reasons. One, lack of knowledge and two, lack of accountability. Now, firstly, the knowledge, it's, like I said before, it's readily available out there. There's people giving information out there for free. What they don't get from that information, though, is that accountability, which ultimately you need to customize for yourself. If it comes to food, what food do you like? You know, what, what do you enjoy eating that you know is healthy or what do you enjoy eating that you know you can make healthier ultimately it always comes down to you know if you're trying to lose fat you need to be in a calorie deficit you need to eat less food than what your daily output is and then the opposite if you're trying to build any sort of muscle you need to eat a bit more food and be quite sparing with that too if you ask me you know what does my week of meal prep look like right now i typically spend like most people my sunday afternoon is my preparation time if you do the work just for an hour to two hours on a Sunday, it saves you hours and hours and hours of the work from Monday to Saturday. I always do typically seven days in advance. That way I don't have any potential of, oh, I'm going to get takeout. 
you know, that Domino's pizza, that, that text from Domino's comes through and you're like, I might do that tonight. Instead, I still have that in my mind. Well, I've got the meal in my fridge. I can go and eat that. I've done the whole path before where, you know, you're putting together 25 to 30 containers. And, you know, if you asked me six months ago, I was prepping two weeks in advance, but it wasn't enjoyable food by the end of that two weeks. It was more so I was trying to hit that goal and, and make sure I just stuck to the the food that I was prescribed. But these days it is very much more like I, I have a, you know, quite a clean breakfast. It's got a good source of carbs and protein. I typically go gluten-free and dairy-free now too. And then for lunch, I keep it really plain and basic. It's, it's, it's a rice, it's a chicken, it's a beef, any of those sort of options. Uh, and then I just pretty much replicate the opposite. So if I've had chicken for lunch, I'll do beef for dinner. That way I'm, I've got a pretty clean and clear goal. And I can put that variety in if, at some point if I want. You know, if I suddenly get sick of chicken during the day, I might have that chicken in the evening and then suddenly it's a lot easier. Uh, I've never really experimented with the the vegetarian or the vegan lifestyle. I, I find I get all my protein sources from animals uh, and I don't really you know, have any need for supplementation with protein powders or anything. You know, they are ultimately, and I, I'm quite firm about this, this is one of my values in nutrition is that they are ultimately to assist in getting to the point that you need. But if you don't need that assistance, if you're getting everything from your whole foods, then you shouldn't need to add that extra supplementation in. And ultimately, you shouldn't be replacing whole foods with supplementation either. You know, I, I like to live very, very ancestrally, I guess you'd say, where it comes down to, you know, the kind of foods that we have been eating for thousands and thousands of years. Mm. And I try and steer clear of, you know, a lot of the processed foods. So, you know, I might only eat cereal once every couple of weeks. I try and avoid that as much as possible because I know it is quite processed. But, you know, I still give myself, let's say, 20% out of my week and still be 80% on track. You know, you don't have to be 100% all the time because... I know a lot of people have probably done this. They may have had a, a bad breakfast that's not aligned with their plan or with what their goals are. So then what do you think next? Oh, well, the day's right off. Let's just, let's just eat what we want for the rest of the day. It doesn't work that way. You know, you, you can you can just get back on track in one meal. Like I said before, one meal is not going to make you healthy, nor is it going to make you unfit. You just need to trust that meal as it is and then and move, move on to the next. That is such a great insight for our listeners. Um, you did mention a little bit as well with your meal prepping that, you know, it really depends if you want to lose some fat, or if you want to lose some weight, mm. and that can also really shape, obviously, your workouts and what you're doing. Um, I know myself, I did struggle with this, where I did not actually know the difference very well. <laughs> so can you explain the difference between fat versus weight loss? Absolutely. And this is, I feel you ask five different coaches, you might get five different answers on this matter too. Uh, <laughs> but I like to think that I've generalized it and simplified these things enough so that it can be understandable for just the average person wants to just know what they need to do. I, I like to think that fat loss is either a preventative method or a repairing method. Uh, and ultimately, it is there just so that we can preserve our health and look at more overall health focus. And what you're ideally trying to do is remove any sort of excess levels of fat. Now, those could have come from uh, any different previous habits. What it typically comes from in, in the past is people are overeating a lot, or they may be under eating on, the, on their volume, but then binge eating on other foods. How many people I know who say they might have a bowl of cereal in the morning and then a sandwich for lunch and then you know a steak for dinner? but they don't seem to, to tell their coach or to keep a track of, well, what about that block of chocolate you had at midnight? Mm. Those sort of things typically add up. Like I said, the once-off sort of issue, that's not too much of a problem. But if you're doing this on a nightly and then a weekly basis, that's a lot of extra calories that you're adding in into your normal week. When it comes down to that fat loss, 
I find a lot of my clients that I sign on, I actually have them eating more food than they typically would have in the past. But the key is that they're eating that food and they're feeling more energized and they're getting a lot more benefit out of their food. And therefore, they're less likely to go on a binge or to eat any processed foods or anything that's not aligned with their goals a lot of the time. You know, do, do you really enjoy eating meat and vegetables or are you a bit more of someone who likes a curry or, you know, are you pretty basic with your food? And then we, we add those things in. And then, you know, are you a bit more of a sweet tooth or do you like your savories? Do we need to have dessert every single night or can we just leave it at that and, and you know, maybe give you a bit more sweets in the morning or something? It really just comes down to what a lot, what a lot of people's triggers are. But the age old question, you know, to answer it is you need to reduce the amount of calories, which is your energy intake compared to the amount of energy that you expend during the day. Now, you know, Joe Blow, who gets up at five in the morning and he's laying concrete for an entire day till 5 p.m., I'm sure he's probably got a much larger calorie expenditure than Janet, who works in accounts of the of the law firm and sitting at a desk all day. So there's never going to be one strict meal plan that ever fits what people's needs are. But it ultimately comes down to, can you have a look and understand what actual food that you're eating in a single day? And then just make one change at a time. So you start to understand what is making differences in your food. You know, maybe the iced coffee every single morning is just putting way too much of calories into your daily intake and you might just need to have a black coffee at home probably save a bit more money doing that process too when it comes down to say weight loss people seem to get these two mixed up a lot weight loss is simply a tool that is used in the process of fat loss i feel that especially you know you mentioned for yourself and and where you've never really been able to tell the difference in the past is a lot of, you know, forgive me for stereotyping, it seems to be a lot more in the young females area mm. where they will obsess over that number that's on the scales and they think they need to lose weight, which leads down a slippery slope towards eating disorders and the uh, really stressful process that they have to go through for something where they feel is going to enhance their confidence. But ultimately, that weight loss is just simply a tool and it needs to be looked at with no emotion. The number on your scale, does not, and I, I have to repeat this many times, does not define who you are as a person. Neither does what you look like in a photo. It ultimately comes down to how you feel about yourself and that relationship that you have with yourself. So are you going to feel more happier and healthier if you have less fat on your hips or on your love handles? Or are you going to feel more happy and healthier if you are 60 kilos? You know, ultimately, one of those, you actually see yourself. The other one, you, you're just seeing a number at the end of the day. It's quite interesting because a lot of, you know, I, I refer back to my clients a lot of the time, they actually may increase the number on their scale whilst they start to look better and better because yeah. they have come from like a, an experience of having so little food, their body has gotten so used to having so little energy intake and they start to lead a very sedentary lifestyle. You know, once again, I might, I might refer back to, you know, sitting at a desk all day, not really getting up and walking, maybe being quite inconsistent with their training too. So their bodies are just running on very, very low usage. Therefore, they start to store fat on a larger amount. Suddenly you put a bit more food into them, they start feeling a bit more energized. Now the fat never turns into muscle. But it seems to be that the same process happens at once where they start to burn fat and then their muscles are getting challenged each time they might go into the gym and train. So they start putting on muscle into the, in that process. What happens? Muscle always weighs more than fat. So they will look smaller, they will look leaner, but they actually tend to weigh a bit more in the long run anyway. And ultimately, it comes down to you know what your goals are. But as a, as a clear rule, I always tell everyone, do not define yourself by that number that you have on that scale. 
do not get yourself in that conditioned mind for weight loss. You know, we, we need to change that terminology and change that mindset into, is it fat loss? Is it overall health? Is it just simply body recomposition? Is that maybe a bit kinder way to, to use that wording so we don't get too caught up on it? Oh, absolutely. I feel like I have gained so much insight in that question. And I will say, you're not stereotyping because I am one of those girls. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> that has been my big struggle myself, understanding that, okay, the number might go up, but it's not a bad thing. Like sometimes when the number goes up, you actually feel better, but it, you know, mm. it doesn't, doesn't make it a bad thing at all. Like I used to think that by cutting back food and having less energy that I was doing better for myself. I was looking better. The Instagram photos are looking better because I'm not carrying as much. But in reality, the more that I actually started to eat while exercising, the better I felt. I didn't care when the number went up, but it used to be a big fear of mine. And I think a lot of people really do fear it, but it really is individually based. And being a five foot mm. woman as well, that really changed based on my height because a lot of my friends are quite tall but I'm actually quite mm. short in a world of social media in a world of myths in a world of meal planning and perfect diets and values how can all of this affect your mental health I mean you've probably gone through such a journey with that yourself it's quite an interesting journey that I've gone through because there's a significant amount of change that I've undergone and even I surprise myself every single day with the change that I'm still undergoing and people might stop and think well you know you've achieved your physique you've achieved the way you want to look where does it stop you know where do you just say okay I've achieved the goal and and the reality to that answer is well no there's never an end goal where you stop you know where we might go on a transformation and we might go on a process where we want to look a different way but that doesn't mean once you get to that way that you stop there's either your goals change and realign you start wanting different things or you want to look better again or it could be a process where you're just simply changing who you are as a person at the end of the day you're not going to start running every single day start going to the gym every single day start eating healthier whatever it is and then just be like okay now we're done i don't have to do that anymore and then slip back into the old pattern of yourself what i what i say with with all of my clients and it's the same journey that i went through myself is you need to change who you are as a person to change who you look like, like on the outside. And that isn't just physically, but that also comes down to your mindset and, and you know, exactly that, your mental health. That, you know, I mentioned before, the, the biggest value when it comes to health and fitness is that relationship with yourself. And I feel a lot of people undergo a journey for, for one of three reasons. You know, it, it could be around their overall health. Um, you know, they need to lose weight. Their doctors told them to whatever it is, so that they can start looking after themselves better. And so they can actually live longer as well. That could be so they can you know, stick around and be with their family for a longer amount of time. It could be due to self-confidence and they start looking at themselves and realize that they want to make a change and they want to feel better about themselves. And, you know, forgive me for saying typically spurs from a revenge body for a breakup. <laughs> uh, oh, you know, sure. people, <laughs> people want to, uh, people want to say how, you know, they're going to they're gonna rue the day when when they left me and they go on this whole journey to look the absolute best they can and, and you know, I want to make my ex jealous. The funny thing about that is, though, you get a couple months into that process and you, you check in with that same person again and you realise it's gone from I want to make them jealous to I want to make him proud or I want to make her proud, which is the person you are or the old you. You want to look back at yourself and you want to be like, wow, look how far I've come you know, specifically how my journey looked with that. I, I feel that is the best way to embody the process that I went on. And okay, 
you know, I, I got a new physique and I started looking different. And you know what? That ex still didn't care. Exactly. <laughs> they, Do it for you, right? I love exactly. that. Do it for you. It's It can start off like a revenge body, but you, you may come out of it saying, no, like I, I'm doing it for the old me and I'm proud of the person mm. I am now. And sometimes that ex won't even look back and realize that you've done the revenge body and it'll just become like, do it for you. I, I love that. I love mm. that. You know, six months ago, I was working in a, a corporate nine to five job and, you know, really wasn't aligned with what my interests and my beliefs were and my dreams. And, you know, flash forward to now and I, I've quit my job, I'm running my own business and I, I'm able to take a leap on myself with, you know, no backup plan and no, okay, I'm going to back myself. You know, I've, I've done this in the gym every day. I've always stuck to the plan. I did my steps. I did my training. I did my, got my food in. Now it's just like, well, I can do the same for my business. I can, I can make the money I need to, so I can live the life I want to, because I believe in myself so much more that way. Wow. I love that. I think the real important thing for the listeners to remember is that once you believe in yourself and you do it for you and, and you stay true to yourself, I really believe anything's possible. And what a mm. big move for you to stop your nine to five job. That must have been very scary to um go into something completely new. Um, On the topic of new things happening, I mean, what are your current health and fitness goals? What, what are you doing now? Are you doing some online coaching and things like that? Yeah. So the business I've launched has gone into an online coaching space wow. and it's really, you know, I mentioned before that that whole uh, change who you are as a, as a person, and then you'll change who you are on the outside. And and you know, I, I've called the business the Ascension Project because you have to ascend to someone new to make that change in yourself, and you have to really, you know, you have to believe you are that person, and then you will become that person. So that's my biggest goal right now. And you know, I like to think I have to lead from the front with that. So you know, making these huge impactful changes in my life, you know, I make them loud and proud, and I love to share them because it actually means that the the people that I work with see that and they're like wow firstly this is who I believe in and then secondly this person believes in me if he believes in himself so much and believes in me like I can do that too what is something that you would tell yourself five years ago knowing what you know now it's easy to get overwhelmed in this whole process because for lack of a better reason why people fall into these sedentary lifestyles you know get overweight are just you know are not living the life that they want is because they don't know how a lot of the time and it stems down to maybe an information overload where like I mentioned before that there's so much readily free available information out there but it's deciphering what does and doesn't work for you and ultimately the best way to figure that out and to learn is through trial and error on as many different things as possible so if I were to say tell myself five years ago it is it is learn as much as possible and try as many different things as possible too but most importantly out of that, keep a log, collate data. You know, the amount of people who tell me, oh, you know, I've, I've tried to, I've tried this diet for a week and I haven't noticed any changes. Come back to me when you've done 10 weeks. You know, come back to me when you, you've you collected all of that information, you've tracked your weight for 10 weeks, you've stuck to the plan for that amount of time and then you don't see any change. Because realistically, if you aren't keeping that log and keeping yourself accountable through that whole process, you are going to just yo-yo. You are, you know, you're not going to make any changes. What's your biggest piece of advice for someone that's really looking to make a change in their health and fitness? 
I would tell anyone, ask for help and find who is going to be the most genuinely interested in you and helping you. There's there's a lot of different coaches out there these days. And ultimately, you need to find someone that you, you work well with and someone who wants you to succeed. Nicholas, thank you so much for being on this show. It's been incredible to have your insight. I'm sure the listeners will want to be able to find out more from you. Um, what social media do you have? Where can we find more and maybe even book a session with you and get more information? Absolutely. So I tend to run everything through my Instagram and even on my TikTok too. Uh, so my Instagram is Nicholas Wilkinson underscore. My business page is Ascension Project with an underscore too. Thank you so much for being on the show. You've been incredibly uh, educating, impactful, and really insightful. Your story has inspired so many, and I myself have learned so much that I know I will take with me throughout my process. And um, oh, like it, it can be so scary being on your health and well-being journey, but I feel like you've really helped the listeners understand so much more about you know the process of that, and you've given them so much more comfort and information going forward. So we thank you and uh, looking forward to hearing more from you in the future amazing thank you so much for having me on like I said it's a it's been an honor to share as much value as I can and and hopefully you know all of your listeners have been able to gain some insight from this today so I, I really enjoyed this Next episode, I'll be joined by Eleni Zenu, accredited practicing dietitian of Tree of Life Nutrition, who will be discussing fertility, pregnancy, and postpartum diets, and how what you eat can play a massive role. Want to see what all the hype's about? Follow the Health and Wellbeing Hype page on Instagram at Healthy Hype, as well as myself on Twitter and Facebook at Martina Controtus. And feel free to message and reach out at any time. Thanks for listening, and until next time, Healthy Hypers.